Welcome back to Affiliated, everybody. We're glad you're here. I'm live in the studio right now with my new friend, Ernesto Bahia. Thank you so much for joining, Ernesto. Thank you very much, Thomas, for having me. Yeah, no, this is, remember where you flew in from? From, from Monterrey, Mexico. Monterrey, Mexico. Yeah, we appreciate it coming up. For those of you that don't know Ernesto, which you may have seen some stuff about him, some of the material we filmed for you here already, don't know when you listen to this, but Ernesto is a platinum medium buying affiliate on ClickBank, and he's flown up here to Boise to enjoy the cold weather, I guess. It's been pretty chilly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have never seen uh, snow uh, in the last 20 years, so it was a great opportunity for me to get cold weather. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. But no, you've been great to kind of help some of our Spark students out and kind of get to know and the community piece and let's just do some content with you. And we're very happy to have you here on Affiliated. I'm excited to dive in and let our listeners learn a little bit more about you. I'm excited for kind of the sellers who might be listening to learn more from this platinum affiliate and media buying side and from potential media buyers or people who are doing media buying, maybe to varying de degrees of success, kind of your method and model and mindset around it. I think you had some good speaking points earlier this morning when I caught some of your talk just around how you approach this affiliate game, right? Because Remy, how long have you been doing affiliate marketing? I started with affiliate marketing at ClickBank in the summer of 2018, so almost five years now. Uh, at first, I took a ClickBank training called Profit Engine, mm -hmm. mainly focused on Facebook ads, which I was kind of familiar already uh, from an e-commerce store I hold, held for six months. Um, and it was like going again to the university, polishing some uh, skills, getting others to a pro more proficient level, understanding the importance of copywriting, the importance of a landing page, uh, <laughs> the critical points uh, on the funnel and understanding key metrics so that I can understand what tweaks do I need to do to improve my numbers. So at first I got into affiliate marketing because I wanted to make money. Gotcha. I saw it as a business. So because when you were telling me earlier that you had been in, gosh, engine like the corporate world for almost two decades, and then you left that, did you go straight into affiliate marketing? Or you mentioned that you had e some e-commerce stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I was 20 years in corporate America doing a engineering role, uh, so I had no entrepreneurship experience myself, and neither. In my family, we had a successful example on entrepreneurship. So when I went into my first e-commerce, my only e-commerce store, I was feeling familiar or comfortable with the technical aspect of building the Shopify store. But okay. I was not aware on what was needed in order to attract customers to the store. Right. That's a common place to see with a lot of people. They're like, I have this product, I've made this thing. Now what? I'm like, oh gosh, you should have been at the now what a long time before you actually made the product or whatever it was. Like you need that market fit, right? Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was so much into engineering in my previous uh, role that I was not aware of the importance of marketing. It's mm -hmm. great to have a, a product, but unless you market it appropriately, it will be attractive and people will be uh, willing to buy it. 100%. It's not so much you build it, they will come. It's you build it, then you market it, market and market and market, and then hopefully they come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, so that's how you got. So you're doing the Shopify stuff on the e-commerce side, and that got you into media buying, it sounds like. Into media buying. Yeah. In, in Facebook, I got around 100 sales during six months in For my e-commerce e store. Oh, nice. Although okay. from various niches, I was into probably more than a dozen different niches, mm -hmm. uh, which didn't allow me... Uh, 
to get proper traction in one niche only. Oh, you're spread pretty thin. Yeah, then. I was too okay. spread switching, and I and I was um, using the same pixel over and over. So it was uh, I was not training it properly <laughs> to go after my right customers for that particular niche I was running at that point in time. So you're okay. Your pixel spread out across all the offers you're selling. Exactly. Gotcha. What made you go from that into being an affiliate then? Uh, well, as I was not successful after six months, I thought, mm -hmm. okay, six months is a reasonable time to decide on whether to continue or not. So I, I didn't felt like I was in the right place. Per, I believe e-com dropshipping is a valuable mm -hmm. uh, business model, but yeah. I was not under the right strategy. I had no coach around me, no one who can guide me mm -hmm. accordingly. So I gave up on, on e-commerce, fortunately. So you say you say you had 100 sales in six months, but it wasn't successful. Does that mean you were- successful. None of my Facebook campaigns were profitable. Gotcha, okay. So, so I, was, I was, I saw myself as losing money. I didn't saw myself as buying data and learning from it, which I later on learned um, that was a stage at, at which I was, and mm -hmm. I should have, have continued that, that path. Well, selfishly, I'm glad you didn't, but no. <laughs> no, I think you're right, right? A lot of affiliates, when they're starting out, they look at it and they go, oh my gosh, I've spent $100 and I haven't had a sale. Like, this is a waste of money. It's like, if you're going into it very early on, hoping for positive return on ad spend, you're probably going to be disappointed from most of what I've seen. You need, like you just said, look at it like a investment into data, right? Is that, so when you, so you're like, okay, this e-com e dropshipping isn't working. Is that when you went and found like how to make them the different kinds of money online. You found some courses and then you pivoted into media buying. Uh, my wife had taken a, note, a previous ClickBank uh, mm. training a year before around okay. 10 different uh, ways to earn a passive income. And mm -hmm. one of those happened to be affiliate marketing. So when I saw a dedicated uh, training around affiliate marketing, I decided to give a go. Previously, I had no idea at all what was affiliate marketing in the first place. I have heard marketing, but not at all affiliate okay. marketing. So the possibility to earn a commission under a product I didn't own uh, was, uh, was appealing. It was like having an invisible e-commerce store in which sure. I didn't have yeah. to uh, focus on uh, customer uh, customer. Um, Care or the deliverability, the deliverability, customer service, customer yeah, service exactly. All the overhead and logistics of it. I was just yeah. focusing on media buying, mm -hmm. on running my Facebook campaigns and be la being laser focused there. So it allowed me really to concentrate my efforts at that point only by myself on, on media buying. At that time, I, I saw this as a real opportunity based on other successful cases I, I knew of from other people. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, if I put a lot of effort on this, this can work for me. Gotcha. So, no, I find that fascinating because if you started, it sounds like you had some, I'm impressed that you had some experience with it in the e-commerce side and it didn't work out and you still went and did it anyway with the affiliate side. Went, no, I can probably figure this out because I've, I've worked with a lot of people who try something that doesn't work. Like, oh, that doesn't work. Right. <laughs> and they don't come back to it because that doesn't work to them. And they are pretty resistant. They have to go try something brand new. Well, your brand new is affiliate marketing. You still leverage the Facebook media buying side of it. Where I was curious, like on the mental side of things, maybe for you, like what, what made you, I guess, comfortable coming back to Facebook media buying as a mechanism for scale? Uh, 
I had a positive experience with running Facebook ads with with Ecom. Uh, my only ad account lasted more than six months, mm -hmm. so I felt Facebook was a good platform to to advertise. And the thing that convinced me more around affiliate marketing was that I could be promoting higher ticket products. In my Ecom store, I was selling really ten, twenty dollar products, oh, so the margin yeah. was very very mm -hmm. little, and I. I, I didn't realize it would really take a lot of volume to make that profit. So with affiliate marketing, earning a 50% uh, return on ad spend for $100 to $100 uh, offers was, was something that I considered I could scale. So you that makes total sense. So you saw like the previous data you had. You know, well, that was never going to be profitable because the margin was so low. Exactly. But with affiliate marketing, the margin, profit margin is potentially much higher. Much higher. So like, yeah. Well, if you can get that many sales with exactly. a low margin. Okay. I could yep. really focus only on media buying at higher margins and not focus on uh, customer uh, fulfilling or customer service at all. That makes sense. Yeah, so, like I said, you were, so it sounds like you weren't just spread thin on doing a bunch of products with your pixel. You might have been spread thin trying to do the media buying, the product deliverability, the customer service. Yeah, the drop shipping, yeah. <laughs> the e-packet from China and all, all those things. I remember uh, the winter of 2017, I was working so many hours and it was called that uh, in my house. And I was using so much the computer's mouse that uh, my hand started to to hurt. Oh, yeah, the uh, carpal tunnel yeah, kind of thing almost? Yeah. yeah. So I said, this is a sign that uh, th this is not for me. I mean, I, I'm spending too much time creating the pages, clicking here and there. It's too much too much uh, labor from yeah. my side and holding too many hats at once. So that's so now on the affiliate side, right? Because, yeah, you're focusing on, you've got the ad creative you need to make, and I assume you're doing like a bridge page. Yes, exactly. Okay, so you're doing a bridge page. Maybe that might be a few pages, I guess, if you're doing a quiz funnel or something, but maybe just one to four pages or something. And then do you do any email list generation on that? Uh, not okay. not really. I know yep. it's a great opportunity, but I have not invest I don't have plans for it in the short term. Yeah, so you're focused on just driving clicks through to yeah, the seller page. Yeah, audience mm -hmm. uh, that converts. Yeah, so from you're, you're focusing on two-ish touch points to a customer, right, with the ad and any of the bridge pages that you've exactly. built? Exactly, only over. those mm -hmm. two. So you can then just refine on getting really good at those. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. And... It, I just do minimal changes uh, depending on which offer I mm -hmm. I promote because I have like a already a, a structure. Yeah. How do you how do you choose an offer to test when you're looking at things? Like what what goes into your mindset when you're looking at different offers uh, out there in the marketplace? Uh, around four years ago, I was really into only on weight loss on mm -hmm. the top offers, which I know they convert all year long. Mm -hmm. Then I started to go after other niches related to health, uh, even uh, do-it-yourself niches. Okay. Uh, and the hobbyist niches? Hobbyist niches, okay, yeah. exactly, like mm -hmm. uh, uh, restoring batteries or oh, yeah. solar panels, things like this. Mm -hmm. um, and even I have tested the pet niche to some oh, extent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So any offer right now that has at least 100 to 150 average order value, if higher, then better, right? Uh, is that sorry? Is that average order value, or is that how much they're paying? Oh, uh, preferably on their CPA. Okay, so, so you're 130 average payout. Average yeah. payout, 130 plus. 
Okay, so average payout 130 plus is what yeah, you're looking uh, at. Okay. Uh, two, three years ago, I was on the revenue share only, but since uh, a year and a half, two years ago, CPA really has been a mm -hmm. game changer for me at ClickBank. That has allowed me really to scale with predictable cash flow. Yeah, because do you run anything on RevShare anymore? Uh, just when a particular vendor uh, is yet to offer me mm -hmm. CPA and they want me to get a certain number of sales on RevShare to really prove myself sure. that uh, I am a, a good uh, media buyer. Yes, but other than that, uh, I prefer CPA. I, yeah, can you just go, I think for the sellers listening, they probably know why, but I'd love for you to expand on that. Like what about CPA for you makes it like a must have? Uh, exactly, because I have, have a clear uh, a clear numbers on how much money I get in and I don't care about refunds or even chargebacks. So I prefer a fixed payout so that I know which are my ad expenses for the day and how much money got in mm -hmm. that will not get out of my pocket. Yeah, it makes it much simpler for you as a media buyer, so, right? To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I find too, it actually speeds up cash flow because ClickBank isn't holding reserves on the CPA commissions. So you're getting the full amount of your commission paid on that settlement cycle versus us holding X percent Correct. for 12 weeks. So it speeds up your cash flow so you can actually scale more if you're on CPA. Th that's true. Yeah. And uh, that really helps me to to scale way quicker. Mm -hmm. Is that, that 130 of average payout, has that always kind of been that number? Has it been going up? Has it been uh, like, everyone's been saying ads so, are getting more expensive Sometimes it started at 130 yeah. and if I get the better volume, every dollar counts from the mm -hmm. vendor side. Uh, so yeah, it depends on the offer. Some offers uh, on weight loss, I have gotten <laughs> 140, or nowadays they offer a bit more as prices have increased due to inflation yep. and due to also <laughs> a better uh, um, average order value. That makes sense. What are what are some of the friction points you run into when testing a new offer? And that might be on the creative side, maybe it's on the offer, like working with the offer owner side. Like what are some like those immediate little friction points that you'd want offer owners to be aware of? Uh, I would say. Um, Having the possibility to to have CPA at first, mm -hmm. especially for platinums uh, that we have a proven record that we, we can make good business with mm -hmm. ClickBank and with vendors. Uh, in other platforms, sometimes they uh, the vendor offers a testing budget, which for me is great, 3K, 5K, 10K to test within uh, two or three days if that offer really can. So is that something the vendor's funding? The, the vendor okay. funds, yeah. yes. In some cases, uh, it's great for me that the, the vendor is able to place my pixel. I know uh, when in, when I use Facebook, I can place my pixel on ClickBank and it fires 90% of the time. Yeah, but the conversion it, API we've got exactly. set up there. Yep. But when it comes to YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, I, I really need it to be placed on the vendor side. I don't use a tracker as of now. That was my next question. If you're using like volume or I, track I understand or the, like that. the yeah. great benefits, the great tools mm -hmm. uh, of uh, volume, uh, red track, uh, click magic. Mm -hmm. But uh, the only time I tested a tracker, maybe it was bad luck from my side, <laughs> but I got my uh, Google ad account suspended. Oh, interesting. So, okay. Yeah. So uh, that has kept me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're a little hesitant. Uh, yeah, I understand. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little bit away. Okay, sorry to interrupt there. So you're the testing budget, placing a pixel, that always helps, especially on the YouTube side. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, especially when... Uh, yeah. Where do you need that pixel? On the first upsell page. First yes. upsell page, yep. 
Um, and what is the, any other friction points you run into that would be ideal? Sellers could just wave a magic wand and do everything you'd want. <laughs> uh, well, uh, some vendors really have a great affiliate page with lots of resources, not only in terms of email swipe mm -hmm. and make your own uh, hop links, also uh, creatives and uh, how to reach the affiliate manager with, at their Skype ID. Yeah, it's great. Um, so do you find yourself actually using the email? I've, some sellers I chat with are like, do affiliates actually use these? Aren't they going to make their own? Like, what kind of creatives are helpful for you on an affiliate resource page? Uh, sometimes, as a media buyer too, some, yeah. some <laughs> image to get an inspiration or uh, an email swipe. There are some uh, golden keywords or nuggets from the email swipe that I can extract and adapt to my copywriting. For the ads you're running, or for, for, for the, the headline, pages, uh, yeah. sometimes the demographic as well is good. A very important. Um, I know uh, typically vendors have a preference on or to which country they ship. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's good to know uh, which is the the list of countries to which it ships because sometimes. It's not. Uh, we don't want to waste ad budget exactly. on a country you can't even sell to. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> or, or sometimes yeah. uh, we know that typically are five or six countries, but sometimes they exclude one or two from that the list, and it's good for us to know firsthand. Well, we could make a that can make the difference in a scale campaign, right? Exactly yeah. to okay. decrease costs. So in in your perfect world, they'd be listing which countries they're you sh should be targeting. Right? right. Yeah. Do you find that the demographic information is helpful, or do you kind of already uh, know that, or like yeah? Uh, it helps to some extent, although it's a good starting point, and then uh, we can always uh, broaden sure. the, the audience. I like what you said about the email copy piece there, because I don't think many people have thought about the media buyers using the email copy swipe. Exactly. Right? <laughs> uh, it helps me to make the script yeah. of my ad, if it happens to be on YouTube, or add some elements on the Facebook uh, ad copy. No that's, no, that's great insight. Thank you for that. And you meant, so you mentioned YouTube because you started with Facebook, correct? That's yeah. correct, yes. Are you still running on Facebook or is it mostly YouTube uh, Sporadically, okay. sometimes there are some uh, pocket opportunities. Uh, I can scale way faster on Facebook and uh, I feel comfortable with it, although it has its up and downs. It's like a roller coaster. <laughs> yes, yeah. When, when did you start messing with YouTube versus Facebook? Around two years ago, I took a training from an expert coach, expert marketer in there, and then I added my own tweaks to the way of doing ads. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I found like a blue ocean there. Nice. So you've been able to, so you do Facebook. So you, if you had to split it up like with percentages, how much are you running on YouTube versus Facebook? Uh, maybe it's at 20, 80 at the moment, 20% on Facebook, 80% wow, on, so you've on YouTube. Over YouTube yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a trade-off with Facebook, I can get to quicker results, I can scale quicker, but on the long run, uh, YouTube has performed better for me. Although it's, okay. it requires more patience, more warm up of the ad account. Yeah, if you're, I was, if you're talking with someone who's, maybe it's a seller who wants to do their own media buying, or maybe it's a newer affiliate who's trying to figure out what traffic source to use, with your experience right now, how would you kind of guide them? Well, if it's a new person and wants to get experience on uh, running ads, mm -hmm. Facebook is, is a good place to start at a low budget, low budget, twenty, fifty, hundred dollars. The higher, the better. Um, in my experience, YouTube is a much more advertiser-friendly platform. I mean, Google. Mm -hmm. um, you don't need to spend time 
doing things that are really not the core of your advertising business, like in Facebook, like uh, do a lot of engagement, the warm up the fan page, put a lot of polls, all these things that are important for the platform to be compliant, but are not directly money-making activities. That makes a lot of sense. Is What are some of the similarities you found between the two? Like if someone's like, oh, I'm really good at this traffic source, and I want to move to Y, is there things that bridge that, or is there a lot of differences? Uh, I would say if you are proficient testing mm -hmm. at one platform, you can translate that pretty much to, to the other. So testing is key. Having a bunch of different uh, creatives, bunch of different ad copies, uh, makes the difference to refresh and and to. Was it was it difficult to go from Facebook, where I assume a lot of the ads you're running might have been images and carousel potentially there? Was that fair to say? Uh, I had also some very short videos, but the okay. videos were seven, 14 seconds maximum. Oh, very short. Okay. Whereas on. YouTube, it was uh, between two minutes and three minutes. That's a big jump, yeah. A another imp important difference is that on Facebook, I was more on the conversational uh, ad copy on the using first-person uh, narration or mm -hmm. storytelling, whereas on YouTube, it's more uh, educational, uh, adding more value. Interesting. Um, How did you find going from... I guess the Facebook style of ad copy you're running to YouTube, which is sounds like it sounds to me much more intensive to make. Yes, it yeah. really re requires more uh, more work. Yeah, um, and I needed to do some research. That's why I started leveraging on email swipes. Okay, so you use oh that makes sense. You're using email swipes to kind of get inspiration for the scripts you're making for, for the YouTube script, ads. Yes. Okay. Makes a ton of sense. So yeah, sellers use your email scripts and your exactly. It's very important for us to, uh, to have a, yeah. the affiliate resources, including email swipes. The I have seen in some cases vendors that have four, or five different mm -hmm. email emails, and that helps us to have some uh, ex extra variety. That's great insight there. Um, I want to pivot a little bit because it sounds like you've leveraged different courses and education to kind of get going with different mediums. Um, there's always people always like oh like courses. You know, it's just people trying to make money off of you. Like you can figure out everything yourself on YouTube or on Google or by Google, you know, by researching. Like it sounds like you fall on one end of that where you'd rather go for a course. I'm curious as to a, how do you find a good course that you trust, and b, like what makes you kind of gravitate towards that method? The ones I bought, uh, I I got the email from ClickBank, mm -hmm. and uh, there, these were some marketers that have had previous success. And when I attended their webinar, I had a trust factor in them. They seemed like a, a really a credible people. Uh, so that helped me. And they, they had a community in place, which was very important for me to connect remotely, virtually with other, uh, other fellows at my same it, yeah. level. Mm -hmm. And we started to form some Skype groups and, uh, and connected on a weekly basis. So that was good for me to to appear with other people. After those two, three trainings that were evolution, one of the other, I really didn't uh, bought more. Uh, I I just continued testing and doing ads and learning from other people. Gotcha. But I know there are great offers in the market. It really depends on, uh, on maybe learning bits and bytes from, from different places, jo just like uh, 
in anything in life. You you want not just one source, but two or three, and then you can make your very own recipe. That's fun. I, I, I resonate with that a lot. It was, there's, you can, you can uh, have a death by a thousand cuts a little bit when you try to learn too much, right? You need to have enough to go off of and kind of have a proven path. But if you're trying to learn everything before you initiate... Yeah, it, 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 you will even paralyze. You will yeah. not take any action. So have a balance between consuming content and uh, getting your your uh, feet wet in mm -hmm. the water. What are some other, like, it sounds like you've been a bit of a mentor for some people and some different groups and stuff too, and with the peers you work with. What are some obstacles that you see newer people face when they're getting started that you wish they could overcome? Yeah. Uh, one of them was, uh, as it was in my case, that we were so much uh, desperate financially that we're, we were in a hurry to make money and that prevented us to uh, spend a good amount of time learning the fundamentals of affiliate marketing, why things work, right? So that we would be able to replicate a good performing ad copy, good performing landing page on our own and be able to to fish by ourselves. In That's, some mm -hmm. in some other cases, people has bought the course, but they had no money to run ads. So um, sometimes they said, okay, I had no, no, no resources, no budget, but they were still uh, spending on uh, entertainment, on subscription, on, on other things. That, so allocating budget for testing, seeing it as a, an investment. Uh, yeah, I'm always surprised that people are shocked that they have to spend more money on the ads, even though they're buying right. something that is like a Facebook ads course or YouTube ads course or something like that. And it's like... Yeah, it's like, like a second thought. Yeah, like there's to me, it's like, well, yeah, you're buying something that is teaching you how to buy something. Like <laughs> there's going to be additional purchases, right, that require you to get success there. But you're right, a lot of times it's that financial piece of. A another know. thing is that people uh, expect immediate results, mm -hmm. or, uh, like uh, within uh, weeks rather than months. Uh, so it's like uh, planting a seed. You really need to take care of it over uh, some period of time and then you will see the results. How like I hate this question because it's so arbitrary and changes for everybody, but I was just curious, like from when you started, it sounds like you already had some Facebook ad success for the e-com, but on the affiliate side, I've got a follow-up question to this, but how long did it take you to kind of get start getting your first sale on that? Uh, the first sale was around uh, four months, although probably it was out of brute force. I was running ads without proper targeting uh, and by accident i got well sure. quote unquote accident I, I got the sale because i couldn't replicate it uh, the weeks later it was until i got the proper coaching myself understanding the importance of a winning image mainly or a winning creative mm. and then taking it from there so it was really nine months since i started that i got a good traction of success making $1,000 of sales a day. Uh, that doesn't mean it was 1,000 profit, just 1,000 sales. The, the profit sure. really depended on how much I was spending that day. But most of the time, it was profitable. So so four to nine months. So nine months before you really started nine feeling months. like you had some traction going. Exactly. See, thank you for saying that, yeah, because I think even that, that probably sounds like an eternity to a lot of people listening, right? Yes, gonna it, go. yeah, and uh, if people would have told me it's going to take you nine months, it would have been good to get a reference, but at the same time, nine months, I re it was too much time for me at that point in time, but 
it's a reasonable time frame to to get success. Some people get it earlier, but yeah. some people don't get in there. I'm curious from that nine month point, do you have any clue how long it took you to kind of like break even on how much you'd spent up to that point? To break even? I'm sure you're in the hole a bit, right? From running yes, ads because for nine I, months. if you yeah. add up mm -hmm. uh, all the trainings I bought, some coaching I bought, ad spend, uh, probably I was still in the red while I was uh, starting to make money because mm -hmm. I had invested all in all fifty thousand dollars, five zero, mm -hmm. fifty thousand dollars. Probably I recovered it nine months. I mean. 18 months uh, or nine months after I got continuous success. So in, within a 19 gotcha. month yep. period, I really could say I broke even. Right. No, thank you for that. Cause I, I think it's, people assume that affiliate marketing is like you said, fast to get money. And if it's not, it doesn't work. <laughs> but like said, yeah, it definitely yeah. works. And what, I'm, I'm curious, what had you stick with that though? Like for, Because I can imagine even after that nine-month process, you think, oh, man, I've been this much. I've still got a long ways to go to break even, if you will. Like, yeah, but I was starting yeah. to to improve, to mm -hmm. improve. Uh, I, I was reinvesting the funds. The thing is also I was, in order for me to break even on a net basis, I actually had to make a profit because I was suffering from exchange rate difference. I, I am living in Mexico. And sure. at that time, I only had Mexican credit cards. Uh, so I was losing five, ten so percent. Buy too. Exactly. I was, <laughs> I was paying, uh, losing by paying uh, Facebook when mm -hmm. paying them for dollars with, and then when ClickBank was paying me dollars, the bank oh, was giving me the worst exchange rate possible. So I was losing at both. Uh, so you had a lot of headwinds to exactly. face on so, just the cash flow front. So okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought, okay, I have figured it out how to make a good funnel, but I still need to figure it out how to improve uh, the finance uh, yeah. <laughs> structure. So. I got access to American Express business cards in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And after six months, somehow I spoke with somebody there that told me, hey, we can, you can build up your credit history in Mexico to apply to US credit. And uh, that okay. really opened me the doors. So the ones you were able to get US credit? Exactly. Gotcha. Because I set up an LLC. I was yeah. able to get American Express business cards and I was able to reinvest the money without losing any cent. Right. It was all just staying in USD. Exactly. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. You could hemorrhage some. <laughs> it, it was a, slowly a, a, bleeding a with pain, profit painful there. process for uh, some time, but it's way better now. It, it sounds like, how long did it take you to get set up as a US LLC? I started on uh, January, 2020. Mm -hmm. And uh, I formed the LLC in February, 2020. Okay, but you'd been you've been media buying for two media or three buyer, years before that. Yeah. yeah, since I started, uh, almost two years. Yeah, since I started to to get the LLC. Gotcha. Yeah. That, uh, well, I love that insight because I mean it's gonna be different for everybody, but there's always operational things you can improve, right? That make major impacts to your top line. <laughs> exactly. Maybe yeah. getting an LLC way earlier would have been better. I had no advice on that. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to make the first sale, then the. The yeah, first you're not focused on that. And then yeah, focus just... on how can it improve the rest of of the <laughs> yeah of the the business model for me. It's it sounds like I I, I think we we're chatting about this before the cameras are on. But how many marathons have you done? I have been a runner for mm -hmm. almost 30 years, but okay. I really got into marathon uh, uh, training uh, seven years ago, and I believe this 
passion for endurance sport helped me to endure yeah. my business journey. Uh, to do day in, day out, <laughs> training day in, day out, uh, ads, media buying, uh, focusing on my business. Uh, it helped me to be in good physical condition, to perform better in front of the computer. No, yeah, you saw right where I was going with that, right? That mental fortitude to kind of stick with something for an eventual long-term goal. Because I imagine just, even if you had been running for 30 years or 20 years prior, deciding just to start marathons still takes a lot of build-up to get to that point, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I say as a non-runner myself, as <laughs> assuming a lot there, but I've, I've done 10Ks. Yeah, that's my... <laughs> that, that's a sweet point, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> so the... Because I, I find that people, once they look, they almost seem to look at like a business opportunity in like such a short time frame, like we discussed, right? And even established people, like, like oh, I'm going to try this. Oh, that didn't work. And they move on. But if you liken it to any big task you undertook, maybe it's graduating college or graduating high school, or maybe it's just, you know, doing whatever it took to save up for a big expense. Like it takes a lot of little things to build up to the big thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a process to, to make small improvements that over time add up to a big, big, <laughs> big, uh, big milestone, big event. So yeah. Where, what are some things right now in, in your life or your business and depending on how personal or how business you want to focus on, what are some things right now that keep you up at night or cause friction or just like, oh, I really need to figure this out right now? Uh, I would say uh, scaling my business, uh, replicating success in a different niches, uh, not relying only on one good ad account or only good one offer, improve, improve, expanding and improving my relations my with net, with vendors, expanding my network. Okay, expanding network and so it sounds like I assume more travel might be in your future. To more travel, yeah. <laughs> uh, co connecting with my uh, through my ClickBank account manager mm -hmm. with top vendors. Uh, uh, speaking with industry colleagues, uh, getting up to date on what works best. On yeah, who, I was curious. Like you mentioned that you were working with some peers and colleagues and stuff. Like, what's your? Are you in some different like Discord channels, or is it Facebook, or just like people you Skype with? Like, yeah, there are some people I Skype with that I had met in uh, previous um, trainings mm -hmm. and sometimes attending on-site events like AHW traffic and conversions that really. Uh, helped me to get more ideas on maybe how to do things differently, to learn from others just by listening to them. Yeah. Do you do you build in any structure on an ongoing basis? Do you, do you have people that you follow up with weekly or biweekly or monthly? Or is it just kind of as things happen? Is it like when you're building those like online like connections between events? How do you like to do that with people? Yeah, with some I connect uh, on a weekly by weekly basis mm -hmm. with. Some others, I just follow their social media pages. Yeah, no, I find like the, if you network intentionally, right, with knowing the value you can add, which you have a lot of value to add to businesses, right, and knowing what you're looking for, you can get a lot out of travel and networking, yes. right? Yeah, the, the people I see don't do well with networking are the people that, I'm just going to network and see what happens. And they can still get something from it, but it's usually very by luck, right? They have to do a lot of it versus going to something with intention. Yeah, yeah I, I like to... Um, attend events where other successful people are presenting. Uh, uh, even do you, if, yeah, do you go to the speakers? 
uh, to, to some of them, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I go and have the opportunity to sometimes to speak with them or just listen what they are saying. And the way they speak and listen makes me think about my own business. How can I improve it? For instance, one takeaway I took that might have been evident, but I overlooked it last year was about setting clear goals. So at ASW, I met with somebody that spoke more in detail around that. And that really resonated me, with me. And now this year, my business is uh, doing way better than the previous year, just by setting goals and transmitting those goals to my team. Right. So uh, uh, that's funny you mentioned that. I was going to ask if do you employ anybody? Do you contract with anybody? Is it, are you solo shop? Like, What's your business structure like right now? At the very beginning, it was just me. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I incorporated my wife as she, as she helped me with the copywriting and with the analyzing Facebook data. Then at some point in time, we added my brother-in-law. So we are a team of three. And at some point in time, when we were running Facebook ads, we had a virtual assistant based in the Philippines, which really was helping us a lot with uh, managing a dozen or two dozen Facebook uh, fan pages. Oh, wow. Gosh. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Is that still running, or is that no? That okay, uh, yeah. we we uh, let her go um, mm-hmm. because even if we do Facebook nowadays, we don't spend that much time uh, on fan page engagement. Gotcha. So, so is it just the the three of you now? The three of okay. us. It's like a family uh, business. Uh, yeah. All yeah. In the LLC, it's just my wife and me, but we fully trust my brother-in-law. He is super smart. He was a top executive at Lowe's for five, 10 years, and he was also laid off. So it was a great opportunity for him to okay. uh, make business with this business model. Oh, that's really cool. Is that? I find that there's quite a few family run or family dynamic businesses in the space. I don't know if it's more or less than the average across you know America or the globe or anything, but it just seems like there's a lot of husband, wife, or kind of brother, or like sister, brother, brother kind of relationships <laughs> that all like kind of work together. I'm curious for you, like how, what are some of the pros like what are some of the good parts of working with the family yeah, the piece? good part yeah. is that uh, as it's a family you trust them already mm-hmm. so you know that they are going to take good care of the money because it's a uh, also part of their money uh that you can call them in the middle of the night or on weekends and they are going to respond the uh, in, in good you ways work on a deeper level right yeah, yeah. The, Sometimes the, the drawback is that uh, there is no clear line between family and business. Right. And uh, you cannot be that harsh on them as if they were maybe employees or if you outsource them. So it's a fine point. <laughs> There'll be clear <laughs> yeah, blowback yeah, if you do that. Yeah, clear blowback, exactly. <laughs> How, is there anything you do with your wife that to kind of help draw that line like uh, between I, work I, and I had to family? accept yeah. at some point that when I trained her, he was... He, uh, far better than me mm-hmm. at uh, several uh, several things. So okay. I, I had to let her do by herself the copywriting, for instance, the data crunching, because she was way, way better analyzing quicker the results and taking decisions, not just on data, but also on intuition, which she has much more than me. So yeah, I had to accept that Others are better than me and let my ego go away, mm, which was sure. difficult. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I find, you know, there's a lot of very successful entrepreneurs in the space and they've been the reason for their success is their drive, determination, figuring things out and their zone of genius. As they start to scale, they become the friction point. 
because they can't replace themselves because they feel like they have to do everything, right? Or they don't trust people to take over certain tasks enough for them to actually move on to the next level. So but it sounds like you've been able to do that pretty well so far with the, the your wife and your brother-in-law who've come into the play. And they also another interesting thing is that uh, with, with a team uh, such as the one I mm -hmm. have, you can have different ideas, diverse ideas. And even if you don't fully buy that idea, you are willing to give a go mm -hmm. and that, that works. So having diversity of uh, opinions on uh, initiatives helps. Gotcha. Yeah. How, how do you leave work at the office, if you will, when you work directly with your wife? It's, it's hard because uh, at home with, yeah. with our family, we also have to split some responsibilities. So, mm -hmm. Sometimes I do more of the family activities, uh, like taking kids to school and picking them up or helping them with some assignments uh, so that my wife can focus on uh, crunching data and helping me with the ads and so on. So, yeah, it's like, how do you? You need to, to accept that women uh, are great or even better than men, for sure. And, uh, <laughs> I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Is there. Um, is there anything you're, you mentioned you're kind of needing to scale and replicate some things in your business, whether it's not relying on campaigns or individual ad accounts to kind of rep replicate yourself out. Um, is there anything specifically you're looking for in that help? We've got a lot of people that listen to this that might be experts in XYZ thing or people we might know. Is there specific things you're looking for in those cases? I would say uh, learning about uh, new hot offers mm -hmm. and uh, getting early access to those offers. Um, being able to be the very first one to test on, on a specific platform such as YouTube to get an exclusive at first, then uh, I I'm curious there because yeah, I know a lot of top offer owners and like a lot of top offers that they're hesitant to give an offer out too early because they want it to perform well, right? So they want to kind of test it themselves a lot before they let media buyers or affiliates get on it because they don't want something half baked out there and then they don't come back and test it again once they've improved it. Is there a zone for you where you're like, that's good enough? Or does it uh, get check? Yeah. If it's already on a stage in which it's, it has done some preliminary testing, mm -hmm. I'm willing to help the vendor to test the offer on a particular uh, channel I run at like, like YouTube. Gotcha. Yep. And right, I'm assuming things boil back down to like CPA as well. Yeah, right? having yeah. CPA mm -hmm. in some cases a testing budget that helps to mm -hmm. get quicker to results. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We've seen I've, I've seen people doing some different testing budgets with like email list drops and things like that. But it makes total sense to apply that to to a other channels like yeah, media yeah. buyer side. Yeah, and that's uh, and then you're probably on the seller side, you're probably getting some guaranteed traffic from yourself too in that case. Versus oh, they said the test, but we haven't seen anything yet. I hear that a lot. It's like, well, yeah, they've probably got six other campaigns they're trying to scale. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> you're kind of probably somewhere in the mix, but you just have to wait your turn almost until they've got focus. But if you're paying someone for traffic directly, probably Yeah, we that. can yeah. get the results way quicker. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you for this, Ernesto. This has been, we've covered a lot of different avenues there, which I kind of expected because <laughs> you've got a diverse background and do a lot of different things. Um, as we wrap this up, though, I was curious for the other Platinums, you're probably going to be meeting at the Platinum Summit coming up. I assume you're going to that. It's in, yes, yeah. I am very much looking forward to Yeah, what be your first one? The very first one, because the first two due to the pandemic, they didn't mm -hmm. happen. And the previous one last year, uh, it happened to be on the same uh, date as my younger son's uh -huh. birthday. And he didn't want us to miss his birthday. So 
fortunately this this time it doesn't uh, hit his birthday so we'll be able to go to platinum <laughs> summit oh good no, i'm excited to see you there it's gonna be a good time wonderful so, yes um for the people that will probably see you out there who might be listening to this like um what are some things that you would encourage them to work on this year in their business focus on the things that you are great uh, and par partner with other peers or or affiliates that can complement your your core competences so that you can make it some joint venture or team across so don't be a solopreneur <laughs> <laughs> yeah even if you're a solopreneur like lean on other people right? exactly yeah, leverage yeah. on other people's knowledge uh, mm -hmm. resources Awesome. And then if people, do you have any ways for people to get a hold of you if they've, if they've got a new hot offer they want you to test? Oh, or yeah, definitely. Like yeah. Uh, I would say um, uh, speak to the ClickBank account manager team. Mm -hmm. They can get hold of me and I, I'm happy to connect. So I want to talk to Ernesto. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. I'm one of the very, very few Ernestos uh, yeah. uh, from Mexico. I think, yeah, that's probably very fair. So I heard Ernesto on the podcast. I want to talk to him. We'll get you sorted. Exactly. Awesome. Ernesto, thank you so much for joining us here in thank the office. Thank you very much, Tomas. Yeah, and for everyone else who's listening, don't uh, please let us know in the comments and like and subscribe and do all that fun stuff. Um, let us know if you have any questions for Ernesto. We'll either track them down to get them answered or drive in ourselves if we can. And yeah, thank you so much, Ernesto. Can't wait to see you down in Mexico. And happy scaling, everybody. Thank you.